Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good Monday morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today and hope you had a wonderful and beautiful weekend and, you know, spent some quality time with family and friends. I can tell you right now from experience, you just can't take that time for granted. I will be going, unfortunately, um, Fortunately and unfortunately to uh, the homegoing celebration for two matriarchs in my family. And uh, I just wanted to just say, you know, don't take take it for granted that they're always going to be there, you know. And, you know, they, we know we, there's a lot of fi- family dynamics. So find, find a way to come together and, and celebrate each other and celebrate those who have gone on before us. But anyway, thank you for taking the time today. So, Last week, I came across, I, I, I get uh, emails from an organization called Equal Ground. Uh, we've had them on before, and I came across uh, some information on a hearing, and uh, one of the the representatives, the founder of Equal Ground, uh, did go to this hearing, and I wanted to get more information about it, so I've invited uh, Jasmine Bernie-Clark to join us today to talk about that. Uh, good morning, Jasmine. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and I really appreciate you coming back on the show. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. So what's going on? What, why Why were you at a hearing? What, what was this about? Yes. So, um, you know, there is a great opportunity um, with the newly elected Gen Z congressional member, uh, Maxwell Frost. He is representing Congressional District 10, which is located in Central Florida, and uh, created an opportunity um, and had made a request over a month ago to the Oversight Committee to have a conversation about um, the government overreach here in Florida around our entire democracy, whether that's the banning of books, that's removing elected officials from their office, or implementing um, you know, new voter suppression laws and creating preemption laws that make it harder for citizens to be able to survive, essentially, in these communities across the state of Florida. And unfortunately, that request had gone unanswered. And so he decided to put together an ad hoc committee um, outside of the oversight committee that included members of the oversight committee to come together and learn about and examine the democracy issues that I referenced. So it really was to talk about the undermining of our democracy. It was to also 
um, provide an exploration around some of the illegal and unethical actions that Governor DeSantis has been taking. Um, and so each member of the hearing, so myself representing Equal Ground, talking about voting rights issues, we had a teacher who went viral um, a few months ago for showing empty bookshelves in his school system in the Duval County School Fire 24 hours after showing that empty bookshelf. We had State Attorney Andrew Warren, who was removed from his office for making a decision that didn't align with the governor. And then he had Representative Anna Eskamani, who works in the legislature in her third term, working with this governor and this government who created a lot of these laws. So that was the purpose of last week's congressional hearing. It really was to illuminate and talk about how a lot of the policies are being decided Okay, and before we go forward, I guess I should have just asked you to just briefly recap Equal Ground and, and how you found it and what it's about. You there? Yes, ma'am. I'm still here. Okay. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. I had a, a connection issue, so I will back up just a bit. Um, okay. And so we were there, again, to talk a lot about um, the the oversight and accountability um, right. as well as um, talk about how this governor has created sort of fascist law that um, impacts everybody's or impacts a lot of people's everyday lives. So whether that's using fear and intimidation, limiting free speech, imposing censorship, forcing through political appointments, um, you know, creating unconstitutional reasons for removing elected officials and creating intimidating circumstances. Um, and then also, I think what was the other key point about the hearing was that we wanted to talk about how this governor is consolidating power, how he's punishing dissent and then also stripping the rights and freedoms of Floridians when um, it does not serve him or does not serve him in a political or higher sort of office of election. So that was really the focus of last year, last week's hearing um, being led by Congressman Maxwell Frost. And um, like I was, I was saying, because I guess I had not, I, I really jumped in before I asked you this, just to remind people, what is the, the true mission uh, behind Equal Ground? Got it. So, yep, so Equal Ground was established and founded in 2019. Our work is to protect and expand the voting rights of Black Floridians throughout the state of Florida. We do this through a number of different things um, to include voter registration, voter education, mobilization, and then in some cases, litigation. So we um, uh, sue uh, the governor, um, secretary of state, and cabinet members when they create laws that violate our constitutional rights. Um, and so, again, we've been established since 2019 to do that work. Okay. Uh, who else was with you um, at this hearing? So the hearing also included a public school education teacher. Um, he actually um, comes out of the Duval County school system. He went viral a few months ago for posting bookshelves that were completely empty in his school system because they were right. part of a banned book list. Um, and so he was fired 24 hours after he posted that. It also included Attorney Andrew Warren. He was a duly elected state attorney out of Hillsborough County who was removed by the governor. And then it also included right. Anna Eskamani. Um, she is a state legislator out of the Central Florida area, Orlando specifically. So those are all the folks who were included in the hearing along with me 
um, that was led by Congressman Maxwell Frost. Okay. So let me ask you this. Did he reach out to you all or did you all reach out to him? How did this come about? So the congressman originally, over about a month ago, made a request to the Oversight Committee um, in Congress requesting this hearing and never heard back from the Oversight Committee. And so decided to move forward with the hearing by creating an ad hoc opportunity. He put his own hearing together, which a lot of congressional members have the authority authority to do when they have not heard from or have not been granted an official hearing request. And so he okay. reached out to myself he reached and the out other to okay. co-witnesses, correct, and All recruited right. us to share our stories. All right. So you find him, I, 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 one of my other curiosities is you found him to be uh, very, I guess, approachable, uh, very accessible, correct? Um, the congressman? Yes. Yes, absolutely. He is the first, he's the nation's first Gen Z con- congressional member. So um, he obviously approaches um, the law uh, differently, um, but constitutionally, and um, is making waves by doing something pretty historic, like uh, hosting his very first ad hoc committee since being elected in January. So I was curious, had you been able to uh, approach or been access, had found any other of your congressional representatives uh, as accessible in, in trying to be heard? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say each congressional member, um, you know, handles their office um, differently. Um, okay. And they also um, handle requests that come in uh, differently. They also have been elected during different time periods. Um, so I would say that each office is unique in how they situate their staff and how they handle the requests of the public. Um, so I would say that each office I've been um, dealt with differently from each office. It has not been the same experience across. Okay. Um, but I can say that there has been a consistent accessibility. Okay, good. What, is, what did you find coming out of this hearing, the, the pros and cons of what happened here? So I would say um, what I found coming out of this hearing was that the national audience of folks who are hearing just the headlines had an opportunity mm-hmm. to actually hear the stories and meet the people who were being directly impacted by what's happening in Florida. We were able to go much deeper than just folks being able to read what was happening in the news. They got to actually walk away with some factual information um, that was not designed to harm a individual planning to run for president or currently on the ballot for president. It was to talk about what the current state of affairs are in Florida and what that could look like on your front doorstep. Um, I would say that that is a huge key um, and why I chose to participate um, because it provided a national audience to understand fully what was happening um, and eliminate the assumptions about what was happening in the state of Florida. And so what did you hope to accomplish out out of this hearing in terms of Mm -hmm. uh, equal grounds agenda and then, you know, maybe the agenda at large? I mean, so the long-term alignment, I think, and goal um, is to show that the state of Florida should be should not be under a fascist rule. We are a democracy where we duly elect our elected officials. We are a state where we have um, been able to pass constitutional ballot initiatives 
And every time we pass a constitutional ballot initiative, this legislator comes, legislature comes back and attempts to preempt it. And so we needed to demonstrate that the work we're doing in the community and the votes that are being cast don't match up and align with a governor who is stripping us of those rights every single time we make a step forward. He attempts to take a step back and attempts to move the goalposts. And so we're really trying to demonstrate and show people that this isn't how government actually works. This isn't right. This isn't what we should be subjected to. Um, And, you know, we also want folks to know that Equal Ground is here. We exist. We're fighting back towards this type of um, behavior. And we want folks to join us in this fight. We can't do this work alone. We were part of this year's legislative session where we took 200 people with us to Tallahassee to get their name on the record, to get their stories told. We want to be able to take 2,000 folks with us next year and continue to grow that every single year following. So the goal is for us to build an army and a network of black Floridians who are not only um, engaged, but they're also empowered through a process that helps to educate and inform them and involve them every step of the way. So, Jasmine, tell me about um, some some of the issues that I guess I, I want to ask that you, what your your take is, not just necessarily you personally, but your your organization. You know, I mean, I have some concerns about things that are going on with our school system, things that are, that are going on with um, our, the guns, the, the gun lobby, and, and uh, you know, gun permissions and stuff like that. Are, are these on your agenda or radar, or are there some other issues that are kind of higher up on, on the radar for equal ground? Yeah, so um, the Florida legislature – goes, uh, not the Florida, just Florida laws go into effect on July 1st of this year. And they mm-hmm. span a number of different um, issues. And we are concerned about every single one of them, not just the new voter suppression laws, but also the new permitless carry law that is getting ready to be implemented. One thing that we are prioritizing also right now to help people see six new members of the African American History Task Force. I don't even think people knew that Florida had an African-American history task force that currently consisted Mm -hmm. of six members right now. Only four of them have the ability to vote, and two of them are honorary members. So the Florida Commissioner of Education recruited six more people to the board without communicating with the current four board and voting members. Five out of six of them are Republican. One of them is a Democrat. And two of them currently work for the governor in his administration right now. One was previously appointed. So we are getting ready to put out a document tomorrow that lays out all of those details for people so they know what's happening. Um, And so we're concerned about, again, all the issues, but our capacity is limited. We do know that our staff is small. And I thank you for opportunities like this to talk with people about what's happening. But there are a number of things. Rent control is another Housing is another sort of priority for us as we know that there is very limited affordable housing, if any, in the state of Florida. But the legislature Mm -hmm. did dedicate nearly $700 million to building up new affordable housing in the state of Florida. So we will see what that looks like and how that will materialize and monitor that process so people know how to access that moving forward. Um, There are environmental justice issues that we are deeply concerned about. And the fact that homeowner insurance is going up, People are not being renewed, and we are in the middle of hurricane season. It mm-hmm. only gets worse um, as it relates yeah. to that type of issue um, here in the state. So, so we're trying to, to cast a wide net 
but also keeping clear of our mission. And all of this falls under democracy as a priority. Like all of these are issues that directly impact people's democratic values. So, um, you know, you could say that you know, you need, you want to get more people involved. You want more people mm-hmm. on board. What is it that you want more people for? What would they do as a part of Equal Ground? So we have established a robust volunteer effort um, within our organization. That's it. Folks can visit our website, equal-ground.com, right now to sign up to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And what we need volunteers for is to start preparing folks this fall. There are municipal elections happening in the state of Florida this year. In March of 2024, there's a presidential preference primary. And then in the fall of next year, we start to vote for the next president of the United States. In December 31st of 2022, there are 4.9 million people on our vote-by-mail rolls. On January 1st of 2023, that number went down to zero because all of them were purged and rolled off. We want volunteers to help us call and reestablish, specifically black folks who signed up for the vote-by-mail ballots, to get them back mm-hmm. on and prepared so that they can vote in the next election. There's also a ballot initiative on abortion um, to codify it in our Constitution. Well, in order for it to get to the voters to decide whether or not they want it, just to get it on the ballot and decide if people want it, there has to be nearly a million petitions collected in the state of Florida between now and the month of December. So we're helping to recruit volunteers to also collect those petitions in their communities. And then we're calling people to see if your voter registration is up to date. What's getting ready to happen on July 1st is that everybody will receive a brand-new voter registration card. And at the bottom of that voter registration card, it will tell you that that does not simply mean that you are eligible to vote. It simply means that you have been given a card and your eligibility is determined by you in conjunction with a supervisor's of elections office. So that directly speaks to our returning citizens or our formerly incarcerated folks. We need to be talking to them about making sure that they aren't in a situation where they are being, you know, policed by our elections task force. So we're really trying to do a lot of educational things where you'll get trained by us in our organization, you'll be handheld by our team, um, and then we will allow folks to go out and create their own networks of volunteers to educate them about a number of these issues. And if these things don't interest you, let's discuss what it looks like to volunteer and talk to people about an issue that you do think people need to be aware of. How do we put a program mm-hmm. together? How do we get a training set up? And how do we recruit people specifically around an issue that you care about? So we aren't limited. Um, we are prepared to talk about a number of different things, um, and we just need volunteers who be willing to sign up and join us on that effort. Yeah. Yeah, the, the keeping up with the uh, voter registration is very important because it is definitely not as easy as it used to be. It used to be that as long as you – um, voted in the general election. You know, you had to, you had to vote in order to not get purged. Now, uh, and I know there are other um, exceptions to that too. Now, though, you, you have to go and say, hey, you know, I'm still here, and, and make sure that the address is correct, and make sure that you know wh- whatever else is is correct on there, so that you don't show up at the wrong location, or you show up and and because there was not not the right information. Um, on your registration uh, that you can't vote. You know, so it's very important. Uh, what about also, do you all do anything to, let's say, encourage people to run? Because I think there there needs to be some sort of, there needs to be an education component about 
uh, voter registration and, and how you cast your vote and, and other things. But I think there really needs to be something that uh, – because I, I'm sure there are people out there that would love to run but mm-hmm. are scared of the process or don't know about the process of what it takes to run for office. So, yes. So we are um, in the same neighborhood. You and I are on the same page. We have actually been talking to an entity um, here in the state of Florida and prioritizing a, um, a, a bench building operation that will recruit individuals to be trained to potentially run for office and or sit on boards at the city and county commission level in preparation for the possibility of running for office one day. If they aren't necessarily ready, they get some governance experience in the meantime. Our hope is to be able to offer this in the fall with three training options. So that way, once it is time for people to file to run in the spring of next year, they've been prepared to do so in the fall. But I agree with you. It's one thing to sort of help on this side, but um, that help also comes with understanding and knowing that I might need to be the help. I might need to step up and be the leader. I might need the voice. And we are limited in that nature. Um, The beginning of the year, Governor DeSantis put out a hit list targeting school board races across the entire state of Florida and saying that he's coming after very specific seats and created mm-hmm. three laws this past legislative session to make sure that his um, idea of targeting these systems would be surefire. You can now run for office in a county and never have to move to that county until after you have won that election. So if I live in the panhandle, I can run for school board in Miami-Dade and I never have to move there. People don't even have to know that I'm a resident there or not until after I've actually won the election. It's mind-boggling to believe that folks would be just parachuted in with tons of money mm. and resources and never actually have to live in the district or know the people. So, so let me, we've got to come back to that. I feel like you and I have so much to talk about in so little time, but I do want to kind of go back to, to the hearing um, because you know it, it's you know current and relevant, and I you know and I want to see what comes out of that. What's the next step? Have you been told what what comes after this hearing that you all uh, participated in? Yeah. So the hope is that the um, so what has happened at the conclusion of the hearing is that a multi-page memo was sent to the um, oversight committee chair person and and vice chair along with a video copy of the hearing, and then all of our written testimonies. Um, We Mm -hmm. are requesting a follow-up to the original request that there be an official hearing in front of the entire ad hoc, in front of the entire oversight committee. That is the actual next step in request, that they will see evidence enough from this ad hoc hearing to make a decision about whether or not that it should be heard at a larger or grander scale. There's a possibility that this could also be done on the Senate side as well, and these materials were also sent to them. So our hope is that on either the Senate or the House side, it will be heard in front of um, the Oversight Committee um, in its entirety and not just the ad hoc members who were available. Um, And so that is what our hope is for the next step in this process. And... And then finally, I think ultimately it is to at least allow for some sort of federal government interference. 
What does it look like for them to rediscuss and reintroduce the John Lewis Voting Rights Act in Congress and the possibility of getting that passed as we head into the next election cycle where we know election deniers are prominent um, and are, are likely to rise up again? What does it look like to reintroduce some new types of legislation that protect folks at the state levels? Okay. Um, any particular uh, items that you you have you would like to see on the ballot next year for Florida? Um, you know, uh, again, as a voting rights organization, it is always on our minds what ballot initiatives um, could be introduced. But I would say um, we are excited about the current ballot initiative that is to add um, abortion to our constitution. Um, on the and the only way to do that is through a ballot initiative. And if voters choose to make that a priority, um, in order for a ballot initiative to pass in the state of Florida, you need 60 percent of the vote. Whereas in order to run for office, you only need 50 plus one percent. So the hurdle or the barrier of entry is already high. And so we are going to make that a priority to start talking to folks in our community about the fact that this is just a choice. Do we want it or do we not want it? And our ballot will allow us to make that decision. So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. And then recreational marijuana is expected to show up on our ballot next year. We already have medical marijuana is a legal option here in the state. But what does it look like to allow for recreational marijuana to be established in the state? And then also, what does it look like for um, the state to create an Office of Equity and Inclusion, which is odd and interesting given the nature that we're currently under, but some sort of equity officer that makes sure that black farmers and black legacy disp- distributors are protected in this, 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 um, this industry of, metal, of marijuana um, in the state. We'd like to see for it to pass and then for there to be some systems set up that protect legacy owners and farmers and allow for them to get a large piece of the pie. Um, All hopeful, all aspirational, and all efforts that we are going to be working towards with our partners at um, Planned Parenthood and with our partners at Minorities for Medical Marijuana. So those are two things we're looking forward to. And then also looking forward to um, casting our ballot for president next year as well. Uh, of the um, items that you, you mentioned, um, how far are, along are they in terms of getting on the ballot? Because I, I was talking recently with one of our state reps because, you know, I had some issues that I had some concerns about. Like he was talking about the process in terms of getting getting items on the ballot, which, you know, in terms of getting petitions signed and whatnot uh, that people yeah. are, may not be aware of. So I, I um, at, since we've talked about that a little bit, I just kind of wanted to find out how close are these particular items in terms of getting on the ballots for next November, mm-hmm. for November so 2024. Next, so, right. So recreational marijuana started their, started their their petition collection effort last year in 2022, um, and so they are very close. I do believe that they've already triggered um, the Supreme Court review. So what the process is, what happens is you have to collect a uh, very small percentage amount of petitions in order for the Supreme Court to even review the language that will likely go on the um, ballot. And so that process is already done. They've already received that sort of language approval. And now they just need to finish collecting the amount of ballot, uh, the amount of petitions um, that are proportionate to the residents who live in every single county. 
and I believe that they are mm-hmm. almost complete with their efforts. The ballot initiative for the abortion effort just started roughly a month and a half, two months ago, and they have already collected enough ballots in just that very short period of time to trigger a Supreme Court review. So their language is currently being reviewed right now. They are going to probably collect until, I believe, November of this year, November, December of this year, in order for them mm-hmm. to show up on the ballot in 2024. Um, but because they have collected over 100,000 ballots in just two months, they are well on their way to getting to a million um, by the time that this process is done. So I would believe that both of them are successfully going to make it on the ballot um, without any sort of issues um, as we head into the 2024 election. So they are, they are on pace to be prepared and seen on our ballot. Jasmine, how do people get in contact with you or with your organization, Equal Ground? So they can reach us on every single social media platform, Equal Ground FL. Very simple. We keep it consistent across all platforms, but Equal Ground FL. And then they can also visit our website, equal-ground.com, so equal and then the dash sign, ground.com. There you can sign up for our mailing list. Um, you'll also learn about different actions and activities we have, ways to volunteer, um, and folks can join us there, um, either on social or on um, our website. And then you can email us if you have any questions at info at equal-ground.com. If you have questions, if you want us to partner, if you'd like us to visit and do some presentations where you're located at, send us an email, and we will try to make the request work. Okay, because I wanted to make sure because I know – I, and I'm glad you straightened that out because I know I looked. I was trying to look up your organization one time. I came across like it's an organization in in Europe with uh, like, almost the same name or whatever. So thanks for mm-hmm. clarifying that. So it's equal dash ground or equal hyphen ground. Okay, just to let you all know. Yeah. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. You know, if you you know as you get up, updates and everything or, or whatever's going on, just keep us posted. We'll be happy to have you back on. Okay. Muka, we appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. You do the same. Thanks. We are going to take a quick break. This is D's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. If you have questions or comments, the number is five one six three eight seven one nine four four, and we will be right back. a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. 
Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. So we're going to do a short show today, but before we go, uh, just a reminder, this is National Home Ownership Month this month, and so I, I just wanted to take a few minutes as a realtor as well as a podcaster to talk about the importance of home ownership. Um, and you've heard me say time after time that um, it's, you know, it's a very good opportunity to create uh, genera- generational wealth for you and your family, um, whether it's the purchase of a home for yourself or it's the purchase of something like a vacation property. I cannot begin to tell you uh, how uh, important <laughs> you know it is to have a vacation property here in Florida, not just for yourself, but as possible as a possible uh, money-making uh, opportunity for yourself because we have a lot of visitors down here that are looking for places to stay. And even if you're not a visitor down here, uh, when you go away, I mean, most times if you're in Florida, you're going away. A lot of times you just stay in Florida, but, you know, trying to get to the beach or somewhere popular, uh, sometimes it's, it's difficult to find just that right place to, to stay in vacation. So um, having that property is important as well as having a primary residence for yourself or um, a business uh, opportunities for yourself, such as, you know, owning maybe a, a standalone business or even a strip center or whatever. I personally like the, the thought about owning a standalone property, uh, especially if you are a business owner and want and are looking for a place to uh, put your property. I believe in standalone business, uh, properties just for the simple reason that you own, if you're conducting a business, you own the property and you don't have to worry about the necessarily the fluctuation that may be uh, required by other people uh, in terms of uh, rent and other expenditures. So just something to keep in mind. But as we've mentioned, you, you've heard Jabir Energy or Rajon Mortgage uh, on the show. The important thing is to get that credit cleared up. And, yes, there are services for that. But, you know, you have to make the determination as if you really need a, ser- a service or if you have the discipline to, uh, you know, clean it up on your own. And there's a lot of real easy steps in terms of doing that. Uh, first of all, uh, it, you know, it, certain expenses, you know, yeah, it's that, it's that time of year where, you, you know, you want to go places, you want to buy stuff, you want to do things. I am so guilty myself. What I would say is just take the time with each decision on, on your, you know, purchases, whether it's a vacation, whether it's uh, a purchase of some item like shoes, which I'm really tempted to go out and buy right now, or or some item that you want for your home, sit down and weigh the pros and cons. If you are planning on buying a home this year, an immediate purchase right now may not be the best thing for you in terms of it, do you have to purchase a new car? Do you have to purchase um, some new clothes? Do you have to uh, purchase whatever? Is it an immediate need or if it's something that can wait? That's what you have to ask the question. And just take opportunities to sock away Money because even if you get a mortgage that does not require a lot in terms of a down payment, it's not just the down payment that you have to worry about. It is the inspections 
uh, and, you know, yes, you don't necessarily all the time have to have an inspection. Personally, I recommend it. It lets you know what you are dealing with, with a property that you plan on purchasing, uh, whether it's something that you want to take on in terms of any type of renovation costs or repair costs, you know, are these things that are, are of an immediate need or are these things that are, you can work on gradually um, down the road? You know, I, I mean, homeowners, it, and, and this is what I want to say, even if you are buying a brand new home, newly built home, you have projects. You always will. Well, with an older home, you may have a, a few more um, but even with a new home, there are going to be projects. And you have to decide, uh, you know, that you're being a homeowner, you're going to have some projects. And that's okay. You can't get stressed out about it so much. You just have to make sure that you're socking away um, that emergency fund that you've heard um, Paul, the Shelton of Shore, talk about, socking away that emergency fund so that you can have it when something does go awry. It's very important because you never know what's going to happen. Um, so you have to kind of set aside your, you know, I say tithe yourself. It, just like if you're tithing for church, I say tithe yourself. Um, and you could tithe yourself for a number of reasons, you know, one being the household needs. But I even, for example, a lot of you do it. You have a vacation fund, just something a little so even if you do a staycation, because I'm not saying don't take a vacation, but try to make it take make it so that you are not um, having to use credit cards for everything. Um, credit cards are good to have, but you don't necessarily need a credit card for everything. And having some cash socked away is a good thing for your playtime as well as your your time on the house. So, you know, this is a good time to, like, maybe middle of the year, maybe you do it at the end of the year or beginning of the year, but maybe middle of the year, readjust your budget, you know, so that you're saving aside some, some um, funds for emergencies, some funds for some playtime, but also some funds in case you need, you have decided um, there, that there's a home purchase in your future. So make sure you're doing that. Um, ask questions. Get to know, you know, who's in these different industries that impact uh, you as you're making a home purchase. You know, when you're making your home purchase, like I said, there's inspections, but in addition to inspections, there's appraisals that need are needed. And now as a home buyer, you don't necessarily – you aren't necessarily the one to arrange the appraisal. That is done usually by your lender. However, I mean, you might maybe you're coming with cash. You know, you still want to know what the good value is on your home. You don't want to be overpaying. You don't want to be, you know, you don't also, if you're a homeowner, you don't want to be tell, told that your home value is lower in case you're trying to sell, you don't want to be told that your home value is lower than than what it actually is because the process is not being done correctly. So I would ask questions, get to know how the appraisal process works, you know, what 
and get to know the reputation of appraisers um, so that you know whether or not they've been involved in, you know, shady dealings, if they've been involved in uh, things that have that have involved them in lawsuits and they've been on the, the wrong end of those suits, you know, they've done something that they shouldn't have done. Get to know the appraisal process. Get to know what the appraisal is because even if um, your appraiser is being uh, suggested by a lender, you know, and you've found out some information about the appraiser, you still may want to bring that to the lender's attention. Um, and, and they, I, not, I can't tell you for sure, but just maybe, maybe they'll be open to, you know, looking in someone else that's going to work in your best interest. Uh, you will need homeowner's insurance, and there's a good possibility that you might need flood insurance, even if your property has not ever flooded because and there are flood maps you might want to see whether or not your home is in a flood area uh so because there are maps that determine that and they do change based on the t- topography of you know your property i had one buyer who had a corner of their property in a flood zone um in the backyard way in the backyard probably an area that they weren't going to even really consider using for anything significant. But because that area was designated as a flood area, they had to get flood insurance. And we all know right now the difficulty in terms of finding insurance, period, here in Florida, in terms of finding good insurance uh, and finding someone reputable. So that is something that even if you currently own a home, before it becomes time to renew that particular uh, insurance policy, first of all, make sure what the criteria is. If you have a roof that's probably around 20 years old, there are some insurance companies that may be inclined to drop you as a customer because you have a roof that's you know too old so make sure that what the criteria are for your uh, insurance company or for a consider uh, an insurance company that you might consider switching to find out what the criteria is find out whether or not you meet that criteria or if it's time to grab up that emergency emergency fund that God knows you have been saving up for or should have been saving up for and um, you know, get the roof work done that may be needed because, yes, people have been dropped. People have gotten work done, too, on their property and still have been dropped. So just make sure, you know, it, what's available out there because there are insurance companies that have insured in Florida that no longer want to insure in Florida partially because of the hurricanes. But um, these those are these are costs that are going up that you have to incur. And renters, don't think you don't need insurance. Please get insurance. Things do happen. Um, you know, we some you never know. Uh, unfortunately, recently uh, one of the uh, dates that has been recognized recently was the collapse of the. A condo uh, that was in down in South Florida, uh, you know. Now, 
I can tell you there's not enough insurance in the world for some of those people down there to cover the loss because, uh, you know, for a lot of people with loss of life down there, of family members and friends. But whatever you can get covered, make sure you do get covered, renters and owners and potential owners. Make sure you get covered. And just don't go by I want to say just don't go by uh, commercials. Just don't go by what someone says. You can take the information from the commercial. You can take the information from someone you trust. And don't just go by Internet, although, you know, you can find good information on the Internet. But I would say look at all of those sources and any other sources and then weigh the pros and cons. Pick the top three. Give them a call ask them direct questions. If they are not responsive, if they are not answering your questions, then please um, make sure that uh, you go, you, you don't settle. You, this is your money, your hard-earned money. It needs to work for you. And whoever you're paying with your hard-earned money needs to work for you as well. So don't settle. Just make sure that you are consulting with the right people. There are also other uh, things that you have to consider uh, when you're getting ready to, to close or sell or whatever. You know, there's a survey process that's going to tell you where the boundaries are of your property. This is important. Uh, there have been boundary disputes. Uh, I had a property that uh, there was a boundary issue with that I, I owned that I was trying to, to sell and uh the buyers of my property ended up backing out or we had to cancel it because um, the b- property boundary was in the middle of someone else's driveway. And so, and they, they were going <laughs> to, they were going to ask the person to, to dig up their driveway. But anyway, um, it, but sometimes it just wasn't meant to be and ended up being in someone else's, you know, someone else bought the property who was willing to work with the current owner and I don't know what arrangements were, were made, but it seemed to have worked out. Uh, but there are property disputes. I've had former clients contact me about uh, wanting to put up a fence and, um, you know, asking about uh, the survey that they had done. And this was years after they purchased the property. So those surveys are important. And make sure uh, that, if, if at all possible, that the survey company, which uh, a lot of times it's arranged by the uh, title company, uh, but make sure that the survey company is thorough. Um, I've had to argue with survey companies about going back out and um, going into property. Yes, that is maybe a little bit difficult to navigate because of brush or whatever, but make sure that you are getting the right information on your survey by a reputable survey company um, and and make sure they're doing their job because that's coming out of your pocket too. And I mentioned title. Yes. Now, in a lot of cases, just FYI, if you are purchasing a property, if you are the buyer, there are a lot of cases where the uh, seller basically selects the title company, you know, just so, you know, make sure you, do your homework and find out about the title company that the seller is using. Um, you know, and uh, sellers uh, 
you know, the same thing, just examine your title company. Uh, you, the, the person that held your title when you first bought the property, they may no longer be in business. So you need to just check and make sure that the title company that you used is still in operation and, you know, all your title insurance is covering you. Just wanted to throw that out there. In the meantime, I'm going to take a quick break, but if you have questions or comments about real estate, I'd be happy to answer them. The number is 516-387-1944. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs, owner and funeral director at Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community with two generations of family funeral service. With the recent addition of my son Brandon, we are here to take care of the needs of Central and West Orlando. From simple cremation to a full burial, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here to help you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And um, I want to thank again uh, Jasmine Bernie Clark of Equal Ground uh, for coming on the show the first half hour to talk about um, her uh, participation in the hearing with uh, uh, Maxwell Frost. And um, anyway, I, want, I was also talking with regards to home purchases because this is National Home Ownership Month. The other thing I wanted to throw out there for, for uh, buyers, especially first-time buyers, maybe a lot of you that are trying to look into doing down payment assistance, which is great. There are a variety of options out there. I know you, a lot of people hear about just a few options with maybe your county, but you know the state has options. There are also other, you know, funding opportunities that you might want to look into. Uh, and if you find yourself also, um, and it doesn't happen that often, but if you find yourself in a situation where you, there's a property out there, you see, you see that you like it, uh, and maybe you are having some funding issues, see if whether or not um, the owner of the property is willing to do some sort of owner financing. Uh, like I said, I know the funding is hard out there, and you know the the in some cases, some cases the sellers may have the upper hand and they may not be willing to negotiate. But there are still some people out there, some good people that might be willing to work with you on maybe doing some owner financing to see what's available. Don't be afraid to ask. That's basically what I want to say is don't be afraid to ask ask the questions. You know, and I know it's hard to ask for help sometimes. But um, with all of the challenges going on out there with home ownership right now, I would just say take a chance at at whatever works. Do your homework, look into what's out there for funding, and then, like I said, if if none of those solutions work for you, you know, see if there's some sort of chance at 
owner financing for you. It may be something that you, you can work out with, with the owner of the property, whatever properties are out there. Um, if you're getting down payment assistance, it will take approximately 45 days for you to close. So do not get down payment, go to class this month, get down payment assistance this month, and expect to close by the end of July. That is probably not going to happen. I say the earlier the better to go to a down payment assistance class. Uh, so, I mean, so right now, even if you're not planning on buying anything until the end of the year, even if you're not planning on buying anything until next year, I would definitely go ahead. And, yeah, some people are saying, well, the mortgage rates are higher than I'd like. You can't worry about that with you in terms of what you need to do is to go and see if you qualify for a down payment assistance. Because maybe by the time you get ready to purchase, the mortgage rates will have adjusted into your favor. Even if you purchase right now, you may find that at some point the mortgage rates adjust into your favor. We don't know. Um, And if they adjust in your favor, even though you've already purchased, there may be a possibility of refinance, you know. But in any case, you know, your home, yeah, it's your castle, but it's also your investment. You know, there are things you can do with it. You own a home for a while. Guess what? You build up equity. You get, you get uh, built-in money sometimes to do certain things that you want to do in terms of home repairs or certain other things you, that you may need to do. Uh, so it's it's I like I said I truly believe in home ownership. It's a sure thing as far as I'm concerned, even when it's a struggle to do. You know, the other thing that I would suggest is it it may be a situation where you have to go in with a, another trusted person, another trusted family member, uh, a, a trusted friend, in order to make the property purchase. You know, with some arrangement at some point that maybe one will buy the property from another or maybe at some point um, it will end up being an investment property that you will be the landlord on. Uh, Just make sure that you get with, I would say get with a real estate attorney, but get with someone to make sure that whatever you're going to do in terms of a partnership, just don't assume because someone is, you know, a close family member or has been a friend forever or whatever that you don't need something in writing. This keeps the bickering down uh, and uh, keeps a lot of the, the difficulty down in terms of if you ever, God forbid, have to go to court, you have a legal outline in terms of what your arrangement is in terms of a partnership or whatever on a property and um, you know how it's going to how it's to be resolved. These are the things you need to sit down and make decisions on right now. So anyway, I'm going to cut it short today. I thank you for being with us. By the way, uh, talked to Kevin Anderson this morning. I want. I'm trying to get him on the show this week. I'm, he's checking his schedule because I want to talk to him about how uh, three officers can shoot into someone's uh, home and and 
kill them uh, because they grab a hammer and start toward them. I know there were other circumstances. Don't know the whole thing, but uh, Kevin Anderson is going to be on hopefully this week to talk about that. And we're going to have some other people on for you this week. But in the meantime, have a blessed day. Be well. Be blessed. Be safe. This has been G's out. This has been G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.